Superkicks.com offers cool streetwear and apparel at great prices. Shipping worldwide, thanks to the guys at Superkicks, you can get 10% off your order by using the code SWN at the checkout. That's Superkicks.com, pro wrestling apparel. Welcome to another edition of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast by SWN. I am your host, Billy, as always. As you can see, I'm joined by a very special guest. I'm joined by uh, the host of a wrestling gal podcast, uh, Ella J. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be chatting with you. So in the mortal words of yourself, though, let's chat. Uh, So the first question that I ask everyone, it's a very boring question, but it gets things going. How did you get into pro wrestling? So uh, it was the summer of 2009. I was 11 years old. I was scrolling through uh, TV on a Friday night, and then I see this guy with cool face paint, and I go back, and it's Jeff Hardy versus CM Punk in their Loser Leaves Town match. So it was literally Jeff's last match in WWE at the time before he came back, you know, later on. And I was just really captivated by, like, this dude was, like, doing all these high-flying stuff in a cage and then he was like leaving so I got really really emotional and like I'm such a big fan of sports like I did softball basketball volleyball growing up but I never wrestling for some reason I didn't really know that it was a thing and then so I was just really captivated by Jeff Hardy and then like CM Punk being the bad guy I was like rooting for Jeff Hardy on his way out and then from there I watched Friday Night Smackdown every week I saw Mickey James I saw Dolph Ziggler John Morrison you would see DX pop up through the holidays and so from there I was just really really captivated it be kind of kind of became like an escape for me um because I was going through some stuff like you're not you know you're at that middle school age like life sucks <laughs> um so it was kind of an escape for me and I felt like I could also relate to the characters like the first women's storyline and I hate that it's the first women's storyline I ever saw but it was the whole Piggy James thing which w- a great introduction to women's wrestling right but at the time too I felt like I could relate to Mickey too on that level about like body insecurities and all that so I was rooting for her because she was the underdog you know she was the baby face and like I felt like I could relate to Lay Cool like being the mean girls in that situation because I was like a middle school girl at that time so I could totally relate to that so for me it was just like them transcending reality but also like having some real life issues put in there generated with a sport all integrated together so I guess that was my introduction and what hooked me on wrestling was Jeff Hardy and then you know I found Mickey James and like DX were really really funny too so I don't think I I haven't realized doing this podcast I've begun to realize how how much Jeff Hardy really grabs people because he was he was my he was my my uh, my first um big fan of, I mean, to the point where I, I got the, the symbol tattooed onto me. So, um, yeah, so Jeff Hardy um, is just, he's just one of those guys that, like, transcends. And 2009, as soon as you said women's storylines, that was the first one that came to my head, unfortunately, uh-huh. was was Piggy James. Um, yeah. Which, it, they, had, they had an idea, I think. They had a good idea, but it was implemented so badly that it just... Yeah. Yeah. Um, you got the kind of over, overlying point of it, which was body shaming is bad. The baddies yeah. get the comeuppance and then it just went so fucking awry from there. Yeah, and then M- Mickey like won the title at Royal Rumble and then lost it like less than a month later or a month later and then she was gone in April. So yeah, it was just like... It, it was, I mean, she had a great run TNA. So it, it all, yeah, oh, absolutely. all worked out kind of uh, for, for us anyway to watch. Um, her TNA run was, was fantastic. It was, it was spectacular. So you went from watching wrestling, and so that's ten years later. You've decided I'm doing a podcast. So how did you arrive to to deciding to do a wrestling gal podcast? 
So it was kind of very spontaneous. So I graduated college um, May of 2019 and I with a bachelor's in psychology and I was all set to go to grad school for, it's called rehabilitation counseling. You know, I had done my interview, gotten accepted, enrolled in everything. But a part of me was like, I can't like let go of wrestling because once you go into like grad school, you have like no time. And like, I would love watching my friend, like my friend Samira does wrestling interviews. And then I looked up to people like Alicia too and Chris Van Fleet and I'm like I love like podcasting and like interviews and stuff like that so I'm like why don't I just like try this and so I still worked like a shoot job so I kind of literally unenrolled from grad school and was like I'm just gonna put this on a hold for like maybe a year or like a semester or two and then so I like did some research bought my equipment and kind of just ran with it from there um and like did my first episode because I love talking wrestling it's a big passion of mine and I felt like if I went to like grad school I'd have to have like put wrestling on hold and then like this like I love talking to people like getting that genuine connection I am not much of a public speaker but like on a smaller platform or a smaller scale I'm I'm like I love conversing with people and like getting to know their story like that's the psychology in me I feel like um and then so I started a wrestling gal. I wasn't intending to do interviews originally. It was going to be like predictions, reviews and all that. But then I quickly realized you have to be really, really creative with some of the videos you, or videos or audio stuff you make. And I'm like, I am not that creative to like think of something new and out of the box. And so I kind of started doing interviews and then I've almost done exclusively interviews with the, the occasional fun video, like top 10, like wrestling theme songs or like underrated wrestlers those I like to throw in and so from there I guess a wrestling gal yeah, was just born out of my genuine passion for wrestling and wanting to be a, a bigger part of the community than I was more than like just a fan so yeah it was kind of very spontaneous and then I started I just started it and then just went into there and it's turned into something I wouldn't have even imagined yeah it's, it's crazy how these things can spiral out of control from from just going oh, I'll try this and then and I will yeah. for myself, it's been about seven years later and I'm still, I just started the podcast last year properly and it's just absolute madness. And the community itself, the, the podcasting community, there, there doesn't seem to be any like egos. Everyone wants to get people to listen to other people's work and it's, mm -hmm. it all works out in that kind of way. Um, so 106 episodes as of recording, I think your, your 106th one would go out this evening as of recording. Yeah. Um, you've spoken to a lot of, of Scottish wrestlers, so that yeah. was kind of how I was introduced to you. And the first one I would have listened to was episode 38. I was with Emily Hayden, yeah. um, who's who has asked a question. We'll get to that in a bit. So <laughs> when you were searching out interviews, um, I mean, Wrestling Gal is primarily, uh, you're speaking to, to women's wrestlers because that's just how it's worked out. Um, so was that a, a conscious decision that you'd want to, to speak to women wrestlers particularly or is that just what happened and that's how it's gone now when i first started out there wasn't a lot of uh female podcasters that i was aware of there was um those wrestling girls there was dead ass girls podcast and there was like wrestling wind down so there wasn't a lot of um like female podcasters so i know i wanted to give like the female perspective on pro wrestling mainly unless they're like my friends who are like male wrestlers and content creators and stuff which i will like happily feature um so i wasn't really conscious at first i mainly the female perspective was going to be from me but after i started interviewing my friends like kelly klein and alicia toot and like my friend samira i was like i want to give women like a bigger like platform not bigger but a platform to like share their stories because i feel like the, it's been such a male dominated uh, audience and like business for such a long time. I wanted to give an opportunity for women's wrestlers and journalists, uh, anybody basically in the wrestling community who's a female for the most part, like a platform to tell their story, share any tidbits and give them a platform to shine, you know, so people can be introduced to them. And so I think it wasn't like conscious at first, but then it just seemed more natural for me to jive with because I love connecting with the female talent because that's been like something like when I first was a wrestling fan I was ashamed too because people would always tell me that it was fake and so I felt like I couldn't really have a voice in wrestling unless it was like on the download I would always keep it a secret and like hide it from people it was something to be ashamed about but I feel like we're in the year 2021 now women 
should be just as a part of wrestling as the men should. So I wanted to give an opportunity for the women to have their time to shine and all that, but I am totally not against, like I love including everybody, but for the most part, yeah, my stuff is female driven because the point of my podcast is to give it from the female perspective, whether it's from me or it's with the talent that I feature on my show. So hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and not only that, when you're saying about having to be creative, if you want to do videos and stuff like that, this is your niche. It's your, yeah. it's your I mean, for ourselves, of course, it's, it's Scottish wrestlers. So that's a, a niche within the niche within the niche. And then there just layers and layers and layers of it. Um, so how, how did you end up getting, speaking to Emily Hayden? Was it, did you contact her? Did she contact you? Um, so, well, Emily's actually going to be on my show next week too. Just a little spoiler alert. Um, we're getting her for round two, but you know, I've been following like the UK scene, the Australia scene is great too. So I kind of was just following a mass, like amount of female wrestlers from the, like the UK scene, whether it's from Britain, Ireland or Scotland. And so I had been, I follow fierce females and then, um, she was feuding with one of my friends, uh, Amy Alonzi. And so I followed Emily from there and then I reached out to um, Emily and I mean that's kind of how most of my stuff is booked I'll reach out to the person first and then we kind of just clicked really well um, it's just really sad though because like in the episode um, like we talked about Hannah Kimura like literally days before she passed away in like a positive light and then like I was gonna put out the episode like uh, like late May and then all of a sudden Hannah like passed away and me and Emily were like we just talked about her like in a positive light and I was like I need to like get this episode out um because like it just shows the impact that like we were just talking about her and like Hannah was so incredible and so like that episode is really special to me because like it just shows the impact that people can have like e this was before she passed and we had just been like talking about her just so casually in like a positive way and so me and Emily really really connected from there and she's one of my good friends now which is a great another great thing about podcasting which I love you can generate such like genuine friendships with people that you never thought you would like across the world like I'm from New York and then I'm talking to people like yourself from the Scottish scene and it's just incredible but yeah I reached out to Emily and uh we're gonna have her on again soon and uh I've had I've been very lucky to talk with such amazing Scottish talent like you mentioned but yeah Emily was my first and it won't be her last time um yeah so I, I wrote down a little list of folk from the Scottish wrestling scene mm -hmm. not primarily Scottish because uh, Casey Owens is in there of course Irish yeah. uh, we've got Angel Hayes Molly Spartan mm -hmm. uh, Sarah Marie Taylor who I've also spoken to who is yeah. just the loveliest person ever I know and that was just I it apparently people like the episode I hated it because I because she was so nice I didn't write down anything. I drew a blank as soon as she started speaking. And I just, the episode for me was just like, I'm just scrambling here. But she was just so nice. Uh, and I, then, actually, of course, I actually used your episode, though, as like research for my episode with Sarah. So I thought it was very well, like, conversation. I used it as part, like, I'll use other podcasts and interviews for research on my own thing. So I actually used your episode with her towards mine. So. <laughs> I, I thought just, it was good. It's just one of those where I like ran out of questions, and then when I was wrapping mm -hmm. it all up, I went, "I have more questions." So let's. But yeah, yeah it's just uh, people liked it, so that's just uh, I would say a perfectionist, but I'm nowhere near that. Uh, and of course, Ashley Vega as well uh, was there. So um, you went from from interviewed friends and and wrestlers all over the world, uh, and mm -hmm. then you you end up speaking to to people like one of your heroes, Mickey James. How was that for you? What, what was going through your mind when this was getting all set up that you're getting to speak to Mickey James? I like I had been trying like for months to book it, but she's just a very busy woman. And then so, um, so a couple like maybe a couple weeks before we had scheduled it, she had like mentioned on God TV because she's known me for years now. And then she like mentioned my podcast on God TV, and I was like girl like <laughs> we gotta get you on since you literally know my podcast name by heart and then so I didn't know that it was like a week before she was going to return granted I did know she was in the Orlando Tampa area so I was like maybe she's in for a return 
And then, so we finally got it all scheduled and like, I was like, honestly dying inside. I like listened to, obviously I already know a bunch about her already from listening to like other interviews and because like, I'm such a passionate fan of hers. So it was kind of hard to generate questions. I kind of didn't already know the answer to, if that makes sense. Um, but it was just so surreal, but you like have to like keep it professional, but luckily my episode is edited. So we got to have some calm, like some fun conversation that kind of went off the rails that I edited out, but it felt like so natural. Cause I had already met her so many times. Like, I, obviously you're very nervous at first, but I've already met her so many times that whenever I talk to her, it just feels so like natural, like we're friends and not a lot of people get to say that they've interviewed or work with their hero now so it was incredible and then you know she literally was returning it was announced that she was returning to raw the monday after and i'm like i need to get this episode out like right now so i was rushing to edit it and like get it out before raw started and luckily i did but i got very fortunate that uh i mean she didn't tell me but i had a feeling she was coming back but i wasn't expecting it so soon so it was really cool to like interview her like right before she came back it was very very humbling and rewarding and i feel like not a lot of people get to say that so i'm very thankful <laughs> so did that open the door for you getting um so Val and and victoria on the show as well um i would say so yeah so i've been like i've built a rapport with them and then um like i'm in their god tv like chat every week and so mickey's known me for years and i i guess she told them about me that's what she told me so they knew who i was after weeks and weeks of watching god tv in the chat and like on social media and so i had uh emailed Lisa first we had did hers and then I emailed Val and they both agreed to it and we had very great uh conversations my one with Lisa we had to film in two days because we for some reason we spent an hour trying to figure out zoom and like our microphones just would not work I could not hear her she could not hear me so I was trying to FaceTime her to literally like for an hour to try and get it done and then I realized later it was because that that was my first time using zoom keep in mind I realized it wasn't because I hit I forgot to hit computer audio so it was on my end and so we kind of bonded through like literally trying to figure this out and then we had like such candid conversations but yeah definitely through Mickey and God definitely opened up the door with uh Lisa and Val who I'm like now good friends with so it's really really strange to see like how far we've come and how organically we've gotten to like get closer with each other if that makes sense and now it's to the point where you're the editor of Godcast as well. So, I mean, when you started this in, in July 19, would you have even imagined you'd be doing, uh, working with not only heroes, people that you, you now consider your friends, and now you're, you're working on their actual stuff as well? Uh, does that just blow your mind? Every single day. So funny story. So Mickey was the one who reached out to me about Gawcast and like, like I believe in like coincidences, like aren't coincidences, like they're meant to happen. So November 15th of last year, so 2020, Mickey asked me like, hey, we were thinking about like launching this podcast and like, you know, like all about that. Like, do you want to help us? So keep that in mind. November 15th, 2020, Mickey's asking, can you help us like launch our podcast so the exact uh, year before november 15th 2019 i had seen her in person and then randomly when i like went up to her before i even said hello she was like you have a podcast because i guess she told me that she likes to like look at my tweets and stuff and i'm like excuse me <laughs> she's like you have a podcast like she didn't know that and then a year to the day later she's like can you help us on our podcast it was just like mind-blowing and not gonna lie, I got like really, really emotional. And because like, like I said, how many people get to work with their hero? And so to be like trusted and like believed in that much is I never, honestly, never would have imagined it. Little 12 year old me would not believe where I am right now, <laughs> to be honest. But it's really, really, really cool to work with them. They're super fun and professional at the same time. So it's really, really cool. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> Um, I, I almost had the chance. Mickey James was one of my favourites growing up um, yeah. when I was younger. Um, I just, I just, she wasn't like your typical diva of mm -hmm. that time. Um, and she was supposed to be coming over to Aberdeen for a show, 
and the week before, no, about two weeks before, uh, she got signed, re-signed by WWE, so yeah. she couldn't make it, and she was replaced by Melina. Still pretty yeah. cool person to was me. It- south is it sw southwest something champion she was the champion and then melina won it right um no this was up in this is northeast of scotland this is uh yeah um this is uh, aberdeen scotland Uh, so it's it's uh but yeah i was like i was so close because i've seen her wrestle in aberdeen when the wwe would come over and do their tours Mm -hmm. of course uh but yeah it was just i hear so many great stories about her and of course listen to your podcast with her as well it's just like Oh, so so near yet so far. Um, another favourite, just from going through your your tour timeline, not totally stalking you, but just get some gauging information. And our favourite you have is the Miz. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so what 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 drew you to the Miz initially? So well, I actually like I hated the, a lot. The funny thing is, I hated a lot of my current favorites besides like Mickey and Jeff and like John Morrison. I like I used to hate like Randy Orton, used to hate Dolph Ziggler, used to hate The Miz when I first got into wrestling because they were the bad guys at that time, and I didn't know that like that's not who they actually were. So um, like I was like I felt like I was that Miz girl like back in 2010. So I actually used to hate The Miz, but then gradually like. How can you, as you learn more, you obviously learn that these are not actually who they are in real life. They're playing, like, characters. And so, like, I was, like, Miz is, like, really, really good and, like, passionate. And he's incredible as a heel. So over the years, I've, for some reason, like, gained a massive respect for him and love for him. And I think his heel work is his best work. Um, Even when you're, like, even when he's babyface, it's like not the same as when he's healed because you want to cheer him when he's healed because he's just that good. Um, I would cheer for him anyway, but he's just so like incredible in the ring. He is one of the most well-rounded people. He can do media. He can sell for people. He can put himself over. He's great on the mic. Um, he has so much star power and charisma and confidence with him that I I was fortunate enough to meet him on my birthday last year. That was incredible with the virtual meet and greet. Um, he is just, I feel like he needs to be WWE champion again because it's been far too long. And he, is, he has the capability to carry the weight and the, like, what's the word, the standard that you need for the WWE champion or universal champion he can carry that. He is one of the most well-rounded people ever, and I think he is so underrated, and how he has not been a world champion in over 10 years now is just ludicrous to me. (laughs) So I feel like as I've grown up, I've gained such a mass respect for him, and, like, he is honestly one of my favorites ever now. I just, I didn't click that it was 10 years ago that we won the title. It's just, it's just made me feel really old, uh, (laughs) because, Well, I'm 30 now, so I was just like, yeah. well, I was only 20, I was still young, mm-hmm. and uh, he was WWE champion. Um, as much as I would like him to see, see him become WWE champion, of course, there there is a big patriotic yeah. problem with, with that. Just a him. little bit. A little bit. <laughs> see, seeing Drew McIntyre becoming yeah. WWE champion last year, um, in, the, in the strangest of circumstances, uh, how are you finding watching WWE right now with the, the Thunderdome experience? Um, I've been in the Thunderdome and it's really, really cool, but very weird at the same time. Um, I felt like they've done a pretty good job for the cards that they've been dealt with. They've been forced to be creative with like, especially like WrestleMania. They had to have like some cinematic matches. Like we saw the Boneyard match and we saw Bray and John Cena in the Firefly Funhouse match, I think it was called. So they've been forced to be creative. I feel like sometimes, obviously not every company, like you're not going to get everything like at the super top. They've, I feel like they've done well for the cards they've been dealt. You know, we've seen some new stars and new factions uh, join up. Like the Hurt Business, I think, is doing incredible. They did a pretty good run with Raw Underground where we got to see some NXT and then some independent stars in there we got to see more of. That was great. Um, NXT is doing amazing. (laughs) They always do, though. Um, But for main roster, you know, I felt like they've been doing the best that they 
with the cards they've been dealt besides um the women's division i felt i feel like we've kind of seen the same women over and over and i wish some of them would be given more opportunities but the women who have had the spotlight have risen to the occasion um like oscar bailey sasha they've done incredible things I just wish since they have more time and more like creative freedom, like especially like with no crowd that they pushed women more. But overall, I think they've done a pretty good job for really the hellish year that 2020 was. Yeah. I mean, Thunderdome. Yeah, it's super weird. I've a bar um, the last pay-per-view. What was it? TLC, mm-hmm. I think um, yeah. I, I was able to get into all the pay-per-view ones and it's mm-hmm. just it's so odd sitting there and being told well no not even that not not even that being vaguely told what to do so what do you think of so and so i don't like them yeah. i'm gonna boo them oh well we're kicking you out <laughs> so yeah and then like if you're eating or something like uh i don't know if it was true but somebody tweeted the other day that they got kicked off because they sneezed i mean like I like I hated um the last time I was in was around SummerSlam like when they first started it and then what was the main event Drew and Randy uh keep in mind I'm a Randy fan and so they were like um like cheer for Drew and then not necessarily like like boo for Randy like show us how you feel about Randy Orton which they you know they want us to boo and I was like well I'm gonna cheer for Randy Orton because he's been one of my favorites for years and so it's just weird seeing them like tell us like what to do (laughs) it's just like not organic like let us do like let us cheer as long as we're like respectful and stuff like let us cheer for who we want to yeah, I mean, the two times I've been kicked out, one was booing Sasha Banks, um, and which I was so bitter about. And the second one was when Randy beat Drew McIntyre at Hell in a Cell because I loudly shouted, ah, oh, fuck off. And then I was I was out. <laughs> so I didn't think they could hear you. But uh, yeah, I, they clearly can because I, I shouted very loudly and I was gone by that point. It was like, welcome ba- uh, welcome to come back again our time. It's like, no. Well, I've been I've been kicked out and then refreshed it and was back in. So I think I was kicked out though because I was on for like an hour. But I was like, it's SummerSlam. I don't want to be kicked out. It's like the main event time now. So I refreshed it and I was back in there. And then I was literally front row at the main event of SummerSlam. I found myself and took a screenshot. But I was just yeah. Oh, I've spent so much time doing that. Uh, Just I think I've actually I quite like TLC more because Mm -hmm. I was just watching the show. Um, yeah in the last few months i've just been looking for my, my own face yeah uh, which, exactly which has been great because there's a there's a, a lingering shot of me doing that in front of uh, seth rollins which made me laugh but never came back onto the replays <laughs> so i think i ruined that for them but uh oh. I, I think that's that's majority of my time so now that i can just watch the shows properly again mm-hmm. uh, without looking for myself it, i enjoyed them more anyway it's not just WWE you're watching of course uh, you 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 take part in a lot of the impact um, press pass stuff. Uh, is that where you spoke to uh, Diana Perazzo? Yeah, that was actually the only press pass I've done. I've talked to Diana like in between where she got released from WWE and before she signed, and then I got to talk to her and Rohit Raju on press pass back in October. That was super new for me because I've never been on like a media call, so that was super huge for me. And then to get to talk to her and Rohit was really really cool, along with other like amazing media journalists who are like who have like an eclectic work who have a big resume so that was super super fun and Deanna's great I've been very fortunate to like have a good rapport with her throughout the last like uh well I guess it's been like seven seven eight months now um she's super amazing super kind super down to earth yeah I mean what from just following you on on Twitter I can just tell you're, you're a very positive person I mean I hear you your podcast as well um what I, I said before when I was like bigging up your podcast as much as I could was that you were um that your podcasts are always well researched um I mean they're only 20 minutes long 20 half an hour long depending mm-hmm. on the guest of course and um, do you do quite uh, extensive research beforehand or do you do why well, just done scroll through twitter maybe google them a bit and then that's it it's kind of a combination, not going to lie. Um, I procrastinate with a lot with my research. So a majority of the time I will like, 
set a time like two like an hour to two hours before my interview to like listen to um like old interviews or scroll through their twitter and search for certain words like of their old tweets like if you search the word like their name and then fact a lot of the times people will like share like fun fact about me or random fact about me and then it'll it'll get lost though because it's from like years before but that's a fun tip that i like to use if there's like a fun fact that not many people know about the person but they've talked about it before like years before that's fun it's definitely a combination of scrolling through twitter and instagram um i will mainly do that if i can't find like anything on them or there's like no other interviews out there with them but a lot of the times it's like googling like so-and-so name wrestler interview and then you'll find it on whether it's on youtube or if you go to google um so it's definitely a combination um but if i'm already familiar with their work like a lot of the times um I'll just have questions ready. And there's a couple questions I like to use on like reoccurringly that I think makes sense. Um, but it's definitely a combination. I'll, sometimes if I know nothing about them, it's like, and I can't find anything on them. Like a couple of times I've like been the person's first interview. So I had to ask like the more basic questions because I genuinely like couldn't find anything. And so I wanted to get their story out there. But yeah, it's definitely a combination of Twitter, Instagram, um, like past interviews and stuff. But I honestly procrastinate procrastinate a lot and don't, I've been able to do research and put together questions in less than an hour before because I procrastinated so long. I don't know if that's something to be proud of, but I was able to pull it off. It's just kind of become routine now. <laughs> I don't know if that's a bad thing, but... Well, I mean, you've got over 100 episodes that yeah. nobody's noticed, so I think that's, <laughs> that's not bad. I, I got to, to that interview with Sarah and then I crumbled and that was like interview... Actually, I will have the number somewhere, but yeah, it was just so early on. Twelve. I got to episode twelve before my my uh, way of of thinking. I could do research just crumbled, and now I just do about half a page of notes. Not even that. Just buzzwords. Oh, I have to script everything out personally for me. I don't have the capacity or like the diligence to remember everything because for me like if I have nothing I feel like I'm gonna blank and like I want to be integrated into the conversation and focused on that but if I have nothing I feel like I'm gonna be distracted and constantly like thinking about oh what was my next question what do I have to say and like not fully immersed or like immersed into the conversation so I script everything out but that just works for me that's also why I don't do like a lot of video interviews because so it's not obvious that I'm like looking over um, I've been able to do that a few times, but it's just you have to be discreet with it if you're doing video interviews <laughs> that you're not like constantly like looking down. So that's why I mainly do a lot of um, audio interviews, but that's just me personally. And because I'm not that confident in front of video yet, unless it's like on somebody else's because I, like I said, like if you have the capacity to do that, kudos to you because I certainly don't. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I just did the video because Zoom offers to record both and yeah, then I just went, well I've, I I've got that. the video I'll be as well just put it out now uh, as well mm -hmm. and and I just it's weird because if in real life like outside of this zoom bubble I am a very shy person so I I've spoken to so many wrestlers and just crumbled out there but just with ask me something I'll be like nah, nah, nah. Mm -hmm. um Billy Gunn being particularly worse he was my first big wrestler I met uh, and he was just, he, he was asking me questions and I wanted to answer them. My head was going, answer this question. And I'm yeah. like, uh, uh, yeah, sign this, please. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> when we get to, when we get on to yours next week, I will, I'll tell you my story about uh, meeting Lita. If you haven't heard it already, it was okay. horrible uh, for me, but not down. for her. It was, it was amazing. It was just, it sounds so awkward. Um, I've, I will have said it in an interview with Scotty Swift, but they were two hours long, so I don't know if anyone's actually heard it yet. But okay, uh, I wrote that down. <laughs> it's just it's so awkward. It's unbelievable. Anyway, so we're 106 episodes in to our wrestling gal. Um, you say you, you edit and put out. Do you have quite a backlog ongoing at the moment then, or is it just a, a case of you trying to get them in and out as soon as possible? Um, right now I don't have a backlog. Oh my gosh. I've been, I've been backlogged. Like, ugh, I was behind like 15 episodes on two occasions because I had done so many and then I'm trying to balance, um, like work and then like a personal life. And now I'm trying to balance like gall right now and all that. So I don't have a backlog right now. Cause I've kind of, 
I've slowed down a little bit so I could enjoy the holidays. Um, so I only have two backlogged right now. Um, but I've definitely been overwhelmed before. Well, I will like, I've had eight interviews before within six days and then it just built up because I don't have time to put out like an episode every day. I, I like a couple times I've done like multiple, like maybe three or four episodes a week, but I've definitely been to that point where I've been overwhelmed and like had, because I edit my shows, um, where it's been very, very overwhelming, where sometimes I will literally drop three episodes in a day just to have them like done and out there. <laughs> so I don't have to worry about them. It's definitely been a struggle sometimes where especially when I took that month and a half break I was literally I think 17 episodes I had to put out there and I'm like how when and how am I going to schedule these and then editing them uh, it was it wasn't awful like I would do it over again but I definitely have overextended myself sometimes that's just I mean I did the interviews <laughs> in three days and I, I was like going nah that's plenty for me I'll do one a week Two, yeah. depending on who it is. Uh, if, if I really want to get them on the show and mm -hmm. I can fit them in, then I will do. So um, you're one of those because I definitely wanted to speak to you because <laughs> I wanted to, to speak to you for, for one of these shows. Um, uh -huh. But yeah, it, it's very easy to be overwhelmed. I mean, I'm at the point where I, I put out a poll last year and went, do you want one a week or two a week? And everyone went one. I was like, okay, so it's one a week uh -huh. to the point where I have episodes scheduled up until February 19th because I recorded all of them and then I gave people the option, the, the Twitter public, and they went mm -hmm. one a week. Went, oh, well, I, I, could, I could sit here and do nothing for two months, but I, I want to start speaking to people. You miss it, don't you? Yeah. You, I'm yeah. still doing it. You miss it. It was very weird for me not to, like, I wanted to respect people's holidays and honestly give myself a break because, like, it's tough balancing that. But, like, I wanted to start off this new year. I was like, I miss it. So I had two, well two this week for my show plus yours and then I have as of right now four scheduled for next week um and so my timetable I tell people is like two weeks if I'm backlogged I will be honest and tell the person that like I have so and so number of episodes to get out before yours so it might be like two to three weeks um but that hasn't happened I think well no that well it's last time was October so it's been a few months I've slowed down a bit because I did produce 95 episodes in a year which is insane <laughs> I was a crazy person um, but yeah it's definitely overwhelming <laughs> sometimes um, so when it comes to podcasts and like you said right at the start of this this chat was uh, there's not that many female interviewers um, do you find that that being a female interviewer, you do have a little bit more of a rapport, a bit more access. That's not the word I'm looking for. But access to these women's wrestlers because it's different. It's not just a dude here going, oh, uh, favourite match or anything. You can speak to them at an actual woman-to-woman -woman level. Um, yeah, there's probably a question there somewhere. <laughs> I definitely do. And I've gotten that where um, a person will tell me, well, a wrestler told me that they were more comfortable because we could like relate more on certain stuff because we are the same gender. So I feel like sometimes it is easier to access people. But at the same time, I don't get all the interviews that like I reach out to. I like maybe get half of them that I reach out to for. Um so I feel like sometimes, yes, it's definitely easier to relate. Um, but I feel like a part of it is also skill and like, uh, like a good rapport with people and like credentials too. Uh, like gender is definitely part of it. Like you can relate more obviously, but I feel like another big part of it, like, is you have credentials and you have a good rapport and like a good personality and like good standing with people. So I feel like it's definitely a combination, but I can like, I get what you're getting at though. <laughs> relatable was the word I was looking for. That's yeah, totally relatable is the word, that yeah. The uh, so when it comes to interviews, like 106, any particular favorites that you've, you've had uh, in there? Of course, I'm assuming the one with the, the Gaw girls are gonna be hanging around in there, but any, any particular favorites that people should go back and check out? Um, obviously besides um, the Gaw girls, uh, one of my, I actually have two, um, we talked about her earlier. One is obviously Deanna Perrazzo, which she was very gracious enough to like get back to me like almost instantly after I had emailed her. And that brought apart a good conversation because uh, like a, my a main takeaway I took from that was um, 
Like she is obviously not one of the biggest names in professional wrestling, but at the same time, she is also very, very humble and very gracious, like behind the scenes, which sometimes we don't get to see a lot of. And so to hear her stories from other people too, like saying that Deanna went out of her way to advocate for them is incredible like another one of my favorites was hot scoop Skyler who is friends with Deanna and Skyler's more known like the northeast like Boston area here in like Massachusetts in the United States and she was telling me that Deanna like went out of her way and like put in a good word for her to be sure that like she got booked on certain shows and like had more opportunities which Deanna didn't have to do but she still did and so it's very really refreshing to see like backstage that like people still care and like it's a good environment um like between the females that they advocate for each other and then my conversation with Deanna too like she had like just gotten released from WWE which I can imagine was like a major blow to like like one's like not ego but I guess self-worth but also she had enough confidence to know that like she could be valued somewhere else and so we had a good conversation about self-worth and how she kind of found it and took that because and she left because she knew that she deserved more and so to be able to admit that and recognize that as something really really powerful and then another one of my favorites is my chat with Skylar. It was really random, but it was really, really fun. Like we got to talk about, cause she loves evolution. We got to talk about like, if she could reinvent evolution today, who would she love to be like in her faction? And then we got to talk about um, like a fun, um, like Sailor Moon we got to talk about. Um, and then we got to talk about Diana. So that one was really, really fun. More random than nor I normally do, but it was really, really fun to like not be so serious um so yeah definitely hot scoop skylar and diana prowser are two of my favorites too as well besides the gall girls of course <laughs> we certainly find that we now find with podcasts as well sometimes the best ones are the ones that you don't end up speaking about wrestling at all yeah um i mean I, i've had ones that spin off speaking about uh tv shows from when mm -hmm. i was younger uh I was going to throw out Street Sharks, but you're 10 years young. You're like seven years younger than me. So yeah. that's probably gone out the window. Uh, Power Rangers and all that kind of stuff. And there's mm -hmm. an episode I've got coming up with Grant McIver where we spent a good 20 minutes speaking about steps and uh, Westlife and all that, that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, sometimes the best stuff is just not wrestling. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of which, one of the questions that, <laughs> that I ask uh, for everyone is, what is their favourite dinosaur? So I'm going to ask you, what is your favourite dinosaur? Um, I think for your thing, I said a stegosaurus, um, because I, I did your, um, poll for your awards. I think I said stegosaurus. Um, I don't know much about dinosaurs, but the name stegosaurus just, like, seems really cool to me. <laughs> I don't want to be, like, basic. I feel like not a lot of people say stegosaurus. Well, I, I mean, the, if the answers that I got were somewhere just awful, someone said my mom, which... Uh -huh which really hurt my feelings oh, for a minute. Uh, but no, so Barney was in there. Oh, uh, oh, that's a good one. Someone put in turkey dinosaurs, which I don't know if they'll get you get them over in America, but it's literally just like turkey burgers, but in the shape of a dinosaur uh, over here, uh, which they taste amazing. And I thought, as soon as I saw that answer, that's the best answer I've ever, ever gotten. Uh, but yeah, speaking of the awards, you came second in the best interview series. Uh, and also you came, I think it was third in the best podcast. So you're, you're the third best podcast in the world. So I'll take that. Pretty cool. <laughs> uh, if, I will tell you now that the votes were super close. So it, it could have been, if I had it open for another day, who knows, you could have been, could be number one there. Um, so, yeah, so... Who would be your dream guests then? Who would be your dream guests for a Wrestling Gal podcast? Um, I definitely has have some dream guests for 2021. If we're talking like all time, then like my favorite wrestler of all time would be Shawn Michaels. I think that one like isn't never going to happen, but you never know. I would love Shawn Michaels. Um, but this year I would love to talk to like Alley Cat and Priscilla Kelly and Dakota Kai and Rhea Ripley. Those are like four that I like would love to chat with um, because I can just relate with them on like different levels for each of them. So definitely those four. I'm trying. I'm really, really trying. Um, 
Um, I mean, I never would have imagined like I had like interviewed my hero. So like, you never know. It's just, it, it takes time and perseverance. So definitely those four and then all time would be Shawn Michaels. Um, so be, so was the Kokai and Ray Ripley, that'd be from your, your time spent picking up things from the Australian scene and, and uh, up there in, in Australasia, Oceania, whatever it's called. Uh, is, is that just guys that, or girls that you've, you've seen growing up and seen them such a big deal now um, that you'd want to gravitate them? Yeah, so I've been a fan of them ever since like the first May Young Classic. Like I was drawn to Rhea Ripley when back when she was the the bleach blonde at you know like she was like twenty years old, and then Dakota Kai. I've been drawn to ever since that first May Young Classic, and I like I've met both of them, and they're so really really sweet in person. And also to hear um like Rhea Ripley's story that she told with Lillian Garcia is incredible. And Dakota Kai just seems like a really, really cool person. Like we could talk gaming, we could talk like her being a Kiwi. There's a there's a lot to talk about that I would love to chat with them about. And then, like Alley Cat is just like super, super incredible. Like with everything with um like Pride, and she's like she's amazing. She's crazy too though with the death matches she does. But there's a lot of conversation you could have there. And then Priscilla Kelly, I've liked ever since I saw her. I think she was in the second. Was it the second May Young class? I think or the first one I think it was the second one um she's like darker like a darker character and like I've just been drawn to her so I would love to like have a conversation with them just about a, a lot of stuff but I don't know if it'll ever happen but I would love to so today you start getting to wrestling in 2009 and Shawn Michaels mm-hmm. one of your all-time favorites mm-hmm. so was this 2009 Shawn Michaels or did you go back and check the network and things like that and and see more of his earlier stuff for you to become a oh, fan of Oh, I went back. I was very lucky that, like, I got to see Shawn Michaels, like, on his tail end right before he left. Like, back when my favorite Shawn Michaels is with DX because they're my favorite tag team. Like, they're hilarious. I have their 2006, like, DX DVD where they had the whole feud with, like, Jonathan Coachman, uh, the Spirit Squad, like, Vince McMahon, all of that. That's my favorite Shawn Michaels is when he's with Triple H with DX. But, uh, yes, I have gone back and watched, like, the 95, 96 Royal Rumble. I've watched a lot of his stuff. Um, like, uh, obviously, I've watched The Screw Job. And then when he came back in 2002, and then one of my favorite matches of all time is him versus Triple H at Bad Blood 2004. That was a long, long match, but I loved it. Um, And Shawn Michaels, like, honestly, I believe is the greatest of all time with his resilience, his charisma, his spunk, his, like, natural, like, just, like, fun in the ring. But he's also incredible at selling and character work and promos. And he's just genuinely fun. But my favorite Shawn Michaels is DX Shawn Michaels. I've watched their 97 stuff, like, the poker game. Like, unlike the strip poker on Live Raw was super funny. I love their um, impersonations of the McMahons. That's super funny. But, yeah, definitely my favorite Shawn Michaels is DX Shawn Michaels. <laughs> From I, any of the time points. <laughs> I am in absolute agreement with you. Well, 2006 was the first time I went to see WWE live, and the main event was DX versus Rated RKO, and it was the best time. <laughs> That's funny, because the first ever event I went to, um, it was DX and Kofi Kingston versus Legacy, so kind of similar in that. That that wasn't the main event, but they that was the first time I saw DX, and the only time I saw like DX before they like left. Um, so yeah, that that's funny that like at my first ever event, I got to see DX and like Randy Orton in there too. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was just I I love that 2006 era mainly because mm-hmm. it was because of course Sean is the born again Christian, so he couldn't do any <laughs> of the DX stuff. Yeah, the Triple H wanted him to do the DX stuff. It was just yeah, I I think it's an underrated um, period of DX. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, a lot of the more fans that are probably my age and older are uh, stay too long on the internet we're like oh it's a bit too too crass it's dx it's supposed to be crass that's, that's so funny thing. though i literally have the whole like 2006 dvd and i watched it it's just like they're so funny and i like to go rewatch their stuff on youtube where they uh they changed like vince mcmahon's like microphone to where it was super high and super low and then their whole hijinks with jonathan coachman like i love them like whenever i'm sad sometimes i will go back and watch their stuff on youtube it's just like it brings me so much joy like i said wrestling's an escape exactly i mean e- even the stuff you probably wouldn't get away with now little people court 
being an example. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you, you watch it now and think, I can't share this with anyone. But it I still know. makes me laugh a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, that, that show, my first WWE t-shirt I, I bought from that was the DX one with them on the front and on the back. They have yeah. their, their asses out. So yeah. it's it was an amazing time. I'm so glad that's your favourite era of Shawn Michaels because uh-huh. it doesn't seem to be anyone else's. Um, when you're saying you're, you're like afraid or, or hiding your, your wrestling fandom, um, are you finding that now it's easier in 2021 or 2020, uh, I suppose 2021 just started, um, that wrestling's a bit more accepted in, as a norm in the culture now? Uh, have you found that at all? You're allowed, to, you're allowed to say you're a wrestling fan now. Um, I mean, I really, to be honest, very like up until like very, very recently, like november i like would only post about like i went to like wrestling events like on my like personal instagram i would not let a lot of my friends like in real life unless i was really really close with them know how much i loved wrestling um it wasn't really until i came out on my personal instagram about god that people were like wait what and then like they were like supportive and stuff but it's just been something i've like been afraid with not ashamed but like I felt like I was always judged growing up and like honestly sometimes kind of bullied for it in like late middle school because I got into it like seventh eighth grade and then like never talked about it in high school until like senior year when I found like a good friend of mine who like was a wrestling fan which for me I was like what because like nobody I knew what like liked it or at least if they did nobody told me and they'd always be like it's fake like how can you watch something yada yada so for like many many years I would keep it on the down low like in real life but then I found like a community online and so I became friends with a lot of people from around the world through online that we bonded with through wrestling but I honestly was very very afraid for the longest time until like my thing with God I was like fuck it you know like Lisa was like I was telling her that because we talk like almost every day I was telling her like I kind of don't want to post it on my personal Instagram because like I was like bullied growing up for it and like I'm like I don't know but like you're right like the year like was 2020 2021 like it's not like this taboo thing anymore so I was like fuck it you know like I should be proud of it because I put so much effort into it like on Twitter and Instagram that I like kind of hide from my like <laughs> real life friends and I was like no like it's something to be proud of um I'm still like working on it like being like out there with all my stuff like even sometimes I'm afraid to post on my that's why I don't post a lot on my Instagram like besides my podcast um like I'm afraid sometimes that people like judge me or think I'm weird for it but like I think I'm doing a pretty good job at like this wrestling community and like podcasting interviewing thing I think I've done a good job at like integrating myself so I should be proud of it it's a work in progress for sure I'm definitely not as timid or afraid as I used to be but I didn't really start like publicly like talking about it on my personal Instagram up until recently so it's a work in progress I would say I I can tell you from experience that (sighs) everyone will mock you for being a wrestling fan but if you show that you have a wrestling belt they become a fan again from their youth because I have a, my work night out, mm-hmm. um, which if anyone's listened to this, go back to the Christmas party episode of the Entitled Podcast because I was dying in that because uh-huh. it was the day after. But in the background on my screen, you'll see wrestling belts. And everyone walked to me until they saw them and went, oh, is that, is that a real belt? Is that a real belt? Yes, it is. And they're like, oh, that's so cool. I was like, yeah, you've mocked me. <laughs> but just you, a flex. Yeah. You want you want to hold on to that belt as much as, as I want to for the whole conversation. Um, anyway, so <laughs> I think we do have one question. Like I said, Emily sent one in. You'll be speaking to her. I'm sure you'll probably speak about this at length as yeah. well. Uh, she asked, what's your favourite Two Broke Girls episode? Um, well, I'm currently finally at the end of season three. I, she's probably seen all of them, but I've been binge watching it. From the ones I've seen, though, um, there's a fun episode where um, one of the main characters, Oleg, who's kind of the cook at the diner, is trying to go after uh, Sophie, who's uh, Max and Caroline's like upstairs neighbor. 
and so he's trying to get her to like come over and like impress her so they can like have a relationship and so he hires uh, Oleg hires Caroline to like redo his apartment which is like really really raunchy like he has a sex bed like it's a water bed and stuff and it's like really really raunchy and stuff and Cara and he's asking Caroline to like put like a feminine touch on it to like make sure Sophie would like it and so Caroline like redoes his entire apartment and it's all like like old lady taste it's like fragrance there's like flowers it's like very neutral tone and like really really like simple but like elegant but like old lady elegant if that makes sense and Sophie comes through the door and she's like what <laughs> and then Oleg is like disappointed because he's like Caroline you're fired blah 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 and then Sophie goes on to say that she like she's like where's the waterbed and stuff she's like and then Oleg was like, well, it was here. And then, like, blamed Caroline. And it was just a really, really funny episode, I think. And then there was, like, an inflatable, like, uh, like tube lady that, like, well, it, it was a sex doll um, that Oleg had hidden in the closet. And then, like, uh, like he, like, whipped it out. And then Carol or Sophie, like, loved it. And so Oleg was kind of, like what's the word uh doubting himself um into what sophie would like but he found out that his original taste aligned with sophie's which i thought was so funny like caroline went through all that trouble and then just to find out that sophie like oleg likes oleg for who he is <laughs> so that was a really funny episode uh, the, the i i stopped watching Bro two programs i think maybe mm -hmm. after season two but that was mainly because i just didn't have a facility to watch it because it went off it was on some weird obscure time yeah but yeah, Sophie, for whatever will ever be uh, Stifler's mom, and see uh, seeing her in that just just makes mm -hmm. it feel like it's just a continuation of that. <laughs> um, right. So we spoke about the people that you want to get on the show. What's your twenty twenty one goal for uh, golf or uh, a wrestling gal? What's what's your goals that you want to try? Um... And get? Well, besides like interview, like getting possibly getting some like dream interviews, that'd be great. Um, I'm currently at about 5,500 plays on my podcast. I want to get to 10,000. I think it's attainable for um, 2021. I want to get to 10,000 plays on a wrestling gal. That would be super cool. Um, maybe do some merch collabs or basically just growing my brand honestly like whether it's number wise or getting in like a hitting a certain number of interviews um it'd be great if I could get some of my dream interviews but like I want to reach for the stars but at the same time I have to remember like you like you're still working on stuff you're not like a, like a big name or anything yet so um basically I don't know. There's a lot that I want to achieve basically, but also I want to like better integrate myself into the wrestling community and meet some new people like yourself and like go on other people's shows and have more people on mine. And then like, just build a rapport with people because like you said, this wrestling community, we all feed off of each other. Most podcasters are really, really positive. And so like feeding off of each other and just like learning more podcasters, interviewers, journalists, and like basically expanding my mind with the wrestlers too who I'm following and like just building a genuine connection with people and like rapport with people in this community is huge for me um there's a lot this year um I also want to like survive <laughs> um, as simple as that is um because this I mean we're still in a pandemic so that's another thing too um staying sane I think everybody wants to build their own brand but also like I just want to like stay sane too and like not feel overwhelmed all the time, you know, whether it's like with work or like this whole pandemic thing or, you know, there's a lot, but yeah, building my brand and then like more views and like merch collabs would be really, really fun too. Yeah. The sanity thing is, is particularly, I mean, that, that's why I started this anyway, because I'm, this is my work office as well as my, my podcast office. Thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just to speak to people, without the fear of, of getting coughed on was kind of one of the basis of beginning of this whole thing. And I get to speak yeah. to people, I've, well, mostly it's just been Scottish people, but I've got to speak to yourself, uh, who's who's way, way over the, across the pond, as they'd say in the, mm -hmm. in the WWE. So it's been a, a really uh, rewarding experience, but um, I think well, an hour. So I think we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up. I don't want, I don't want to get into my, my story because I'll be speaking to you next. So that, well, we'll speak more. 
next week. But for, for those that are looking to uh, find out about yourself more, uh, where can people find you online, social media? What's your links? You can find a lot of it on our wrestlinggal.com. Um, you can listen to a Wrestling Gal podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, basically anywhere you find your podcasts. Um, you can follow it on at a wrestling gal on Twitter and Instagram. I still don't know if I should get a Facebook. People are telling me I should, so maybe this year. Um, or you can follow me, Ella J, on Twitter at it's Ella J. And, uh, and then you can find my store on a wrestling slash shop as like a DX would put it like www.shop.com and mine is a wrestling slash shop and get one of those snazzy hats at your room which yeah. I am digging I might have to, to have a wee search myself for it and uh, get one myself um, how's your UK shipping is, is that all good <laughs> um, I think it's pretty standard I mean I just ordered from like a shirt from the UK and it was $19.99 I think my See, the thing is, I order, like, I don't order everything. Mine through is through a third-party distributor. Um, I think it's called drop shipping. And so whatever the um, company or brand's, like, shipping prices, I make it that. Um, I think for hats, it's, like, 12 um, like, between countries, which, I mean, sometimes it's, like, $20. Um, so it, it really depends on the product because it, it's it's complicated to explain because I don't have everything like inventory here. It's all through a third party and like they order it. And so I make my pricing and shipping based on that. So it bas- it changes by item. To so be pretty, pretty much everyone should just go check it out and, and yeah. <laughs> see, see what's what. Excellent. Well, thank you for, for joining me on my show. Uh, look forward to speaking to yourself next. And uh, yeah, I, I wish... All the best for Wrestling Gal and your brand for 2021, and I'm sure you're going to hit that 10,000 uh, very quickly uh, with your with your fantastic chats. Fingers crossed. Thank you so much for having me, and I can't wait to have you on my show next week. Everybody should check it out. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you.